your girl Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things. And we are your bootsyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, Lily, you said that you had a story to tell me, but you wanted to save it till recording. So, I yes. am very anxious, and I am so ready to hear this story, because you always have good ones. Okay, so first of all, I'll start with, like, a mini, like, appetizer story. Ooh, okay. So at the end of the day, at the bank, we close out our teller drawers, like, we add everything up, and then we put orange cones in each of the lanes to keep people from driving in, because mm-hmm. the lanes are closed. Yeah. And we put the little red X's on the lights, right? So on Tuesday, which was just like a day, actually all of these days this week have just been insane. But Tuesday in particular was just a day from hell. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm about to have a 20 minute break in between jobs. This is nice. I so I'm so satisfied, right? The cones are up. I put the red X's above all the lanes, and I'm like, we're done with customers for the day. That's great. So this car cruises by. Which cars do, like, towards, like, right after we close? Because they want to see if we're still open uh-huh. or whatever. So this car cruises by, and I look, and he kind of stops, like, halfway around the parking lot. Like, he can see. So he passes all four of the drive-thru lanes and is now in the parking lot. And I'm like, okay, like, like just assuming that he'll drive straight. But he reverses. And I'm like okay, that's a weird way to get out of a parking lot you could just go straight out of. (laughs) I count to two, and he just plows over the fucking orange cone. Oh, fuck the cones. I pretend not to see him because, like, my drawer's (laughs) closed down. My programs are closed. There's no way I can take him. Yeah. I leave the drive-thru. I come back, like, five seconds later, and he's still there. And then he realizes, oh, they're closed. Time to go. Now, Rebecca, what would you do if you were in a bank drive-thru and realized, oh, they're closed? What, what, what would you do? I would drive the fuck home. You would drive away out of the lane, Of right? course. I would dr- I'd be horrified thinking someone saw me not realize that there was an orange cone and a red X saying maybe not to enter there. <laughs> realize how stupid I was and just drive away as fast as I fucking can. Exactly, right? Oh, the logical thing to do. Not this guy. This guy puts his car in reverse oh, and no. runs over that fucking orange cone again. <laughs> There's fucking tire marks on this goddamn orange cone. The bane of my fucking existence. This poor cone. Right? I told the story to my mom. She was like, hey, maybe the guy just hates traffic cones. <laughs> the cone's just sitting there like, uh... Fuck my drag, right? Oh, so, my God. So that was Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, this is the juicy story. Ooh. So on Wednesday, this... So it's normal for people to, like, walk up to the first lane of the drive-thru because some people are on bikes. Not everyone has a car. Some people just work across the street and don't feel like driving. So that's not out of the ordinary. But this guy, and I'm not allowed to say his name, but he had a weird name. Let's call <laughs> him... Rebecca, give me a weird name. Keith. Keith. Okay. So we're going to call this guy Keith. Keith rolls up, walks into the drive-thru in... 
orange sunglasses, like these big, almost like ski goggles sunglasses. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm getting a picture in my head. He's got long hair. Okay. He looks like he's in his like early 50s to me. Is it like hippie long hair or like? Like shoulder length, like surfer dude hair. Okay, okay, okay. A straw fedora and a Hawaiian shirt. Um, so does this guy think he's in Hollywood, Florida or like <laughs> what's going on here? Right? So I can, and now I can, I can tell just upon the view that this guy's going to be a character. Yeah. He comes up and immediately he can't stand still. And I'm like, oh my God, like, is he okay? <laughs> this guy, Rebecca, was on some kind of drugs. Oh, for sure. For sure. So he, so he says, uh, hi, uh, I called and uh, I'm supposed to take 9,600 out of my savings. And I'm like, okay, well, let me give you a slip. Oh, I shouldn't have to, fi- I shouldn't have to fill out a fucking slip. But you can't see, but I'm like nodding my head right now because he was like tweaking or something. Oh my like. God. So yeah, I shouldn't have to fill out a fucking slip. I spoke to, insert my boss's name, who he pr- <laughs> which he pronounced wrong the whole fucking time. <laughs> I spoke to, I don't know, Karen. I spoke to Karen, and she said to me to come on into the drive-thru, so here the fuck I am now. Oh, okay. Coming in hot. I'm not allowed to drive, and your lobby's closed, so I have to have a fucking Lyft drive. Like, this is all our fault now. So I give him a withdrawal slip, and he's like, what the fuck is this shit? I'm like, oh, like, (laughs) it's a withdrawal slip, sir. Like, you need to fill it out. I ain't filling out shit that's why i called okay so i fill out most of the slip but i need his signature i'm not signing a blank piece of paper i'm like keith flip it over (laughs) (laughs) fucking keith so now he starts so now i need to verify his id i need to fill out a whole report because it's a large amount of money yeah of course Give me my fucking money. You know what? If you're not going to give me all my money, my money, give me all my money. I'll take it all out right the fuck now. And then he starts, like, banging the traffic cone on the ground. And now he's just having a full meltdown, causing a scene, right? He comes up, leans into the window to me and my coworkers. He's like, hi, hi, guess what, guys? You're on fucking camera. It turns out, Rebecca, in his sunglasses... There's a GoPro. <laughs> what? This guy's armed and fucking ready with a GoPro <laughs> in the bridge of his glasses. Okay, I take back his name being Keith. This is Kevin 2.0 right here. <laughs> Holy so shit. He's now, so he's now filming us, right? Amazing. We all just kind of awkwardly wait. <laughs> then this motherfucker goes, if I don't get my money now, I'll call the insert town's name here, police department. Oh, yeah, no. I'll call the fucking cops on you and tell them you're not giving me my money. <laughs> and I'm like, Keith, like, I'm, I'm literally working on it right now. He starts yelling at us, right? Waving his bag around, slamming the cone. My boss hears this commotion and comes and starts trying to talk to him. Then he says, you know what? Give me my money or I'll call the police department and tell them you fucking raped me. <laughs> Oh, my God. Are you sure this was even this guy? Like, I bet you this guy killed somebody, took this person's ID, and just trying to fucking take all his money and leave. 
Like, this guy's a psychopath. So we get this guy out of here as soon as we can. Everyone in the drive-thru is just watching in just awe of what the fuck is this guy doing. He leaves. Two minutes later, there's a knock on the front door, and it's a fucking cop. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Keith did call the cops. So my boss gets the, lets him in and talks to him, and it turns out someone in the drive-thru called the police. Oh, shit, because they saw how cracked out he was. Yeah. And, but I said to the, cause, and now we, and we have a full drive through now with a wait because of this grown ass man's temper tantrum, right? <laughs> we all have to stop what we're doing and speak to this cop and give him our story. Oh my gosh. So I give him my story. I'm like, and, that, and this is how I found out it wasn't him. I said, did you get a call saying we were collectively raping somebody? And the cop <laughs> looked at me like I had three fucking heads. They're like, all right, uh, Lily, we're bringing you to the station. We have some questions. <laughs> exactly. He looked at me and he was like, what? Like, oh, no, 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 no. Because the man that you're here to talk to us about said that he was going to do that. And he was like, oh, no, I think it was someone in the drive Oh, my God. So yeah, that was that was just a normal Wednesday at the fucking bank. Was the this one of the, the days you had a cover? Huh? Was this one of the days you were covering too? Like this wasn't even supposed to be your shift? No, this luckily this was supposed to be like my version of a Friday. Oh my god! And then I was like, you know what? Last day, and then I got called into work the next day and and today. So that is, I am so happy I waited for the story because it was so worth it. And honestly. It's the sunglasses for me. The orange sunglasses with a GoPro in them. With a and fucking like GoPro. Right up to the window, and he's like, "Hi, say hi, hi guys, how are ya?" <laughs> uh, dude, this guy, yeah, some, yeah, he belongs in Margaritaville in Hollywood, Florida. Like he's just <laughs> this guy. Fucking, I think he just teleported to this alternate universe, and he's supposed to be somewhere with a fucking parrot on his shoulder in on the beach living life but he's just a very frazzled confused man it makes you feel like honestly in all seriousness this guy's probably on some sort of drug so you have to feel bad and like it's a sad situation but like holy shit that is so entertaining like i kind of wish i was being held up in that drive-thru just to see that happen I really wanted to, like, pop some popcorn for the people in line behind him. I wonder if someone took some videos. Like, I wonder if this is viral information that, like, we don't realize is viral just yet. I kind of hope so. that could be my shot at fame. Like, when when do I get my reality show? I mean, come on. Why are you calling the police on him? Use your phone to record. That's what people do nowadays. No one calls the police. They just record it. So it goes viral. I could have made it on fifth year. I could have made it on bar stool. Oh yeah, made it on ridiculousness. World star hip hop. World star. Oh yeah. World star. Once you get on Barstool or World Star, you're set. You know what? It's gonna happen. I'm telling you. Manifest it, Lily. Manifest it. I will be on Barstool. (laughs) I will be viral from my job. (laughs) So, um, okay. We have to talk about what one of our listeners just DM'd us today because I saw that you saw this DM too. Mm-hmm. And okay, so we're posting this the day that we're recording it so I can say it. So one of our boothings, Alex, shout out Alex, hey, DM'd Alex. us and she was like, Annabelle the doll apparently escaped today. And I was like, no, it didn't. 
And she was like, well, according to TikTok, I did almost no research other than that, but here. And she, like, sent a screenshot to us of, like, all these different people talking about how supposedly it's not in the Warren Museum anymore. Like, it just vanished. <laughs> and I'm going to start looking under my bed. You better start looking under yours. You know, I have been having thoughts of, like I said, I had thoughts of moving out of this country already. But I guess I guess my timeline's kind of cut a little shorter now. Um, I will be <laughs> I will be moving to an undisclosed country so that if Annabelle's listening to this right now, she does not know where I am. And um, Annabelle, just find any bank, and Lily will probably be there. <laughs> I'm not, honestly, I wouldn't be fucking surprised if Annabelle showed up at that goddamn bank. Honestly, at the, in that situation, Annabelle is probably in that crackhead guy's bag. She's probably in the night drop right now. <laughs> she has his GoPro sunglasses on right fucking now. <laughs> Yes, Annabelle with the sunglasses. I, uh, I'm still not over the fact that there was a GoPro in those sunglasses. I'm sorry. I don't think I can do this episode anymore. Like, I'm just so stuck on the fact that this guy had a GoPro in his sunglasses. Like, that's such an iconic move. And it wasn't even like, like you know, I'm recording. It's, hi, hi, say hi, guys. Like, what the fuck? He definitely got it from that spy store on Route 23. And I am so here for it. Yeah, it's literally called. I think it's called the. I think it's actually called the Spy Store, and it's not so discreet because they have a big like. They have like a big. um, It's not a. It's not a uh, banner, but it's like one of those like electronic signs that like flashes, and it's like Spy Store here, and it like points to the store. It's like isn't a Spy Store supposed to be like discreet? Like that's what spies do. Yeah, so probably got it from there. I don't know, but wow. Um, okay. Do you have any more fucking crazy stories before we go into our topic today? Uh, let me think. Not, uh, I mean, I told you about the guy at the restaurant who was on the date. Yeah. His date went to get a sit, have a cigarette, and he started hitting on me. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, do you remember the lady I told you about a while back who had the temper tantrum because we lost her ID, but he was yes. in her car the whole time? And yes. She had, like, her boyfriend come look at the car for backup or whatever. Uh-huh. So she came back oh, and no. was extra nice to me. Huh. Um. I would literally be so petty to her, and I'd be like, oh, um, just make sure you have your ID on you. Or your debit <laughs> card. I took it out of the, like, tube, and I looked at my coworker, and I went, the infamous ID. That is so funny. I would be super petty with her. See, I'm glad you thought it was funny because my coworker was just like, wait, what? <laughs> How do I not work there and I get the jokes more at your job than your employees do? I don't fucking know, but you need <laughs> to start working there, Rebecca. For real. Oh my God. You know what? We'll just start recording. We'll just start recording in the safe deposit box room. Yeah. The acoustics are probably A1. <laughs> Well, anyway, anyway, let's get back to the topic and why we are here. Spooky, kooky, ooky stuff. We have an awesome topic today. Lily, do you want to explain what today's episode is on? Today, we are talking about astral projection. Ooh. So, we talked a little bit about astral projection in the last episode. Um, and I just, I thought, wow, we never actually did an informative episode on astral projection and I've always been very curious about it because it kind of falls under the umbrella of like 
out-of-body experiences and a bunch of other, like, lucid dreaming. And, like, I don't know the difference between all of them. So mm-hmm. I thought that this would be a really interesting episode to give to our listeners to learn a little bit more themselves. And if they want to practice astral projecting, um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, different techniques and methods that I found online. And we're going to read some experiences that we found of other people trying uh, the astral projection and their reflection on it. So, uh Ready to get started, Lily? Oh, I am so ready. All right. So I'm going to kind of be the boring one here um, and be giving you guys all the information that I found on astral projection. So um, astral projection, or also known as astral travel, is a term used in esotericism to describe an intentional out-of-body experience, or known as OBE, that assumes the existence of a soul or consciousness called an astral body that is separate from the physical body we're in and capable of traveling outside it throughout the universe. So um, I'm going to break down a couple of terms that was in that definition of astral projection because I had to look them up myself. So the, okay. es- so the esotericism is the idea of a grouping of a wide range of Western traditions and philosophies together under the category that is now termed esoteri- esotericism, which was developed in Europe during the late 17th century. Uh, various academics have debated how to define Western es- esotericism with a number of different options proposed. So one scholarly model says that its definition of esotericism from Uh, certain esotericist schools of thought themselves treating esotericism as a perennialist hidden inner tradition. That's one like super smart way of looking at what esotericism is. And then a second perspective sees esotericism as a category that encompasses movements which embrace an quote-unquote enchanted worldview in the face of increasing disenchantment. And then a third view of the Western esotericism is as a category encompassing all of Western culture's quote-unquote rejected knowledge that is accepted neither by the scientific establishment nor by orthodox religious authorities. So this is kind of like, like I guess esotericism is kind of like the independence. Like they're independent of their, their own views and they kind of take a little bit um, they take a little bit from science, a little bit from religion, but it's like its own thing, and like neither religion nor science claims them, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so, pre- but pretty much, like I said, astral projection is when your soul, um, like it, it's it's called, it's in an astral body and it's separate from your physical body, and you're able to travel all through the universe, but not using your physical body as a vessel. So you're able to like separate the two. And the idea of astral travel is ancient and occurs in multiple cultures, which I'm going to be talking about a little further. The modern terminology of astral projection was coined and promoted by 19th century theosophists, theosophists, theosophists. I'm really bad at saying words. (laughs) Theosophy is a religion established in the United States during the late 19th century. It was founded primarily by Russian immigrant Helena Blavatsky and believes its beliefs predominantly from Blavatsky's writings. Categorized by scholars of religion as both a new religious movement and as part of the occultist stream of Western esotericism, it draws upon both older European philosophies such as Neoplatonic 
Neoplatonism and Asian religions such as Hinduism and Buddhism. Buddhism. So it's kind of like a hybrid of its own thing. Um, okay. And as presented as, as presented by Blavatsky, Theosophy teaches that there is an ancient and secretive brotherhood of spiritual adepts known as the Masters, who, although found across the world, are centered in Tibet. These masters are believed to have cultivated great wisdom and supernatural powers, and the theosophists believe that it was they who initiated the modern theosophical movement through decimating their teachings via Blavatsky. They believe that these masters are attempting to revive knowledge of an ancient religion once found across the world and which will again come to eclipse the existing world religions. So they think that, like, this is, like... The comeback, you know, the comeback of religions. Okay. The, so theosophical groups, nevertheless, do not refer to their system as a religion. Theosophy preaches the existence of a single divine absolute. It promotes an emanationist, emanationist? Yeah, cosmology in which the universe is perceived as outward reflections from this absolute. Theosophy teaches that the purpose of human life is spiritual emancipation, and claims that the human soul undergoes reincarnation upon bodily death according to a process of what we know as karma. It promotes values of universal brotherhood, social improvement, although it does not stipulate particular ethical codes. So this pretty much, uh, when you hear of karma and reincarnation, that is what theosophy, its morals are about. Um, It believes that if you're a good person... Um, treat others the way you want to be treated, that um, th- that it's it's what you do with your human body. Um, like, what you do with your human body is what, like, I guess, how can I explain it? What you do with your human body, like being a good person, helping out your neighbor, um, that's what feeds your soul and will result in where your human soul, once your body dies, once your vessel is done, where your next body will go. So if you're a shitty person in this lifetime, when you pass away, you will have if you will have bad comings once you go into another vessel, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get that. But like this doesn't promote particular ethical codes. I guess it's just kind of like we all know what it means to be a shitty person and not to be a shitty person. So like yeah. just be good to one another and like just help one another. Especially I feel like that's so that's so relevant to like today and like we're all we're all going through shit and it's even more relevant now because of the virus and just life right now and things and things are trying to come back to normal and we just have to be there for one another because we're all still trying to figure this shit out so don't be a dick don't be mean to your bank tellers don't be mean to your waiters don't be mean to I don't know. Just don't mean. Don't be mean to anyone. Just help one another, especially when you see people struggling. You don't know what people are going through. So that's um, a good point. Yeah. Especially like because being nice is one thing, but you're right. Being helpful too. It, you know, like exactly. It's not just being. You know, being kind is great, but you know, supporting other people and going that extra mile to, you know. A lot of times, too, it's not even like you have to physically be doing something for someone. It's just, like, showing that little bit of support. Like, you know, promote, like, if your friend's starting up a business, you know, 
following the page or sharing the page or liking the picture. Just little things that cost you zero dollars and zero seconds of your time can mean the world to somebody or even just checking in on someone. Yeah, exactly. Just saying hey and asking if they want to catch up, you know, like that can make someone's day. Oh, for sure. Especially in a time right now where people can still feel so lonely and... You know, it's it's as as much as social media can bring people together, it also can make people feel so alone as well. So yeah. just, you know, check in on your friends. Be a good person. And if you're not going to do it for anyone else, do it so that when you die, karma doesn't bite you in the ass. And when you get reincarnated, you have a good life in the next life. Okay, cool. So yeah. <laughs> it is sometimes reported in association with dreams and forms of meditation some individuals have reported perceptions similar to descriptions of astral projection that were induced through various hallucinogenic and hypnotic means, including self-hypnosis. Uh, there, in fact, is no evidence scientifically that there is a consciousness or soul which is separate from normal neural activity or that one can consciously leave the body and make observations. And um, astral projection has been characterized as of right now as a pseudoscience. So I kind of wanted to bring back, um, if you're still confused on what astral projection is, if my, if the information I just gave you was still a lot to take in, I found this analogy on Reddit and I thought this was really interesting. I thought was the best way to describe this. Astral projection is like using your phone while you're charging it. So I like that. Yes. Yes. Did you come up with that? No, I found it on Reddit. I'm not, okay, I'm smart and I can be insightful, but not that much, Lily. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's like when you're letting your phone charge and, you know, it's still charging up, but you're still maybe like checking some apps, texting people, but you're still getting, you're still getting the, like the phone's still getting the energy it needs to be efficient. That's kind mm-hmm. of like what we do with our bodies while we're sleeping. Our body's charging up. That's why we sleep, right? It refuels yeah. us. But at the same time, we're still able to be productive and be able to travel and be able to do things through astral projecting, through hypnosis, through meditation. So this isn't just something that was just made up one day by some Russian lady and all is right with the world. There are different accounts of how astral projection is used in different uh, parts of the world. So, for example, um, let's see, for Western. So, according to classical, medieval, and Renaissance Hermeticism, Neoplatonism, Platonism, I can't say it, Neoplatonism. No, someone really sat down and made up all these words. They said, what can fuck with Rebecca's head the most? And just put those <laughs> words on paper. And later, theos- Theosophist and Rosicrucian through the astral body is an immediate body of light linking the rational soul to the physical body while the astral plane is in an intermediate world of light between heaven and earth, composed of the spheres of the planets and stars. These astral spheres were held to be populated by angels, demons, and spirits. So that's what the Western, uh, the Western culture believes in astral projection. The, okay. the subtle bodies and their associated planes of existence form an essential part of the esoteric systems that deal with astral phenomena. Uh, in the Neoplatonism of Plotinus, for example, the individual is a microcosm, small world, of the universe, or macrocosm, or great world. 
The rational soul is akin to the great soul of the world, while the material universe, like the body, is made as a faded image of the intelligible. Each succeeding plane of manifestation is casual to the next, or causal to the next, I'm sorry, a worldview known as a man... A manish... A manish... Uh, what the fuck word is this? A manationism from the one precedes intellect from intellect soul and from soul in its lower phase or that of nature, the material universe. Often these bodies and their planes of existence are depicted as a series of concentric circles or nested spheres with a separate body traversing each realm. The idea of the astral figured prominently in the work of the 19th century French occultist Eliphas Levi, whence it was adopted and developed further by theosophy and used afterwards by other esoteric movements, as we've discussed. So that's the Western interpretation of uh, astral projection and like how astral projection works. That's their theory. Then okay. the biblical, the bi- blah, 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 the biblical. So Carrington, Muldoon, Peterson, and Williams claim that the subtle body is attached to the physical bodies by means of a psychic silver cord the final chapter of the book of ecclesiastes i I don't know it's it's part of the bible i never read it is often cited in this respect (laughs) (laughs) i i took confirmation and i think i read like one chapter once i don't even know uh before the silver cord to be loosed or the golden bowl be broken or the pitcher be shattered at the fountain or the wheel be broken at the cistern Sherman, however, contends that the context points to this being merely a metaphor comparing the body to a machine with the silver cord referring to the spine. So they're just comparing how, uh, how, how the Bible interprets astral projecting and how, um, how, how they're comparing our body to like a machine and things like that. Then Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians is more generally agreed to refer to the astral planes. It says, quote, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of body, I do not know. God knows, end quote. This statement gave rise to the Visio Pauli, a tract that offers a vision of heaven and hell, a forerunner of visions attributed by, Ad, by Adam Nen and Nug... What type of name is it? I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spell this one out for you so you guys can figure it out. T-N-U-G-D-A-L-U-S. New, okay, wait, 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 wait. I want to I try. I want to try. I want to try. I want to try. Okay. What, let me go to Google. What is it? T-N-U-G-D-A-L-U-S. Nugdalus? I, I, it just reminds me of T-Rex chicken nuggets. I don't know. Okay. That's the first thing I thought of when I read that word. Okay. Yeah, I'm illiterate. Oh, I probably shouldn't be making fun of biblical stuff, but oh well. All right. So the next thing is then ancient Egypt, the Ba hovering above the body. Um, so um, this image is based on an original found in the Book of the Dead. Similar concepts of soul travel appear in various other religion traditions, For example, the ancient Egyptians' teaching present the soul, which is known as Ba, as having the ability to hover outside the physical body via the Ka, or the subtle body. Uh, So Ba and Ka. Then there's the Chinese. Wait, which one is Ba? Ba is the soul. Okay. And then Ka is the... Yes. 
So then China, the Taoist alchemy, the alchemical practice involves creation of an energy body by breathing meditations, drawing energy into a pearl that is then circulated. With a drum as his pillow fell fast asleep, snoring and motionless. His primordial spirit, however, went straight into the banquet room and said, My lords, here I am again. Then Tuzi walked with the officials to take a look. There really was a Taoist sleeping on the ground and snoring like thunder. Yet, inside, in the side room, there was another Taoist beating a fisher drum and singing Taoist songs. The officials all said, Although there are two different people, their faces and clothes are exactly alike. Clearly, he is a divine immortal who can divide his body and appear in several places at once. At that moment, the Taoist in the side room came walking out, and the Taoist sleeping on the ground woke up. The two merged in one. So that is a Chinese account of astral projection. Then we're going to go into Hinduism. So similar ideas such as Linga Sarira are found in ancient Hindu scriptures such as the Yoga, um, the Yoga Vashita Maharamayana of Valmiki. Modern Indians who have, ta- who have vouched for astral projection include Paramahansha Yoganana, Yogananda, who witnessed Swami Pranabhanadana doing a miracle through a possible astral projection. The Indian spiritual teacher Meher Baba described one's use of astral projection. In the advancing stages leading to the beginning of the path, the aspirant becomes spiritually prepared for being entrusted with free use of the forces of the inner world of the astral bodies. He may then undertake astral journeys in his astral body, leaving the physical body in sleep or wakefulness. The astral journeys that are taken unconsciously are much less important than those undertaken with full consciousness and as a result of deliberate volition. This implies conscious through the use of the astral body. Conscious separation of the astral body from the outer vehicle of the gross body has its own value in making the soul feel its distinction from the gross body and in arriving at fuller control of the gross body. One can at will put on and take off the external gross body as if it were a cloak and use the astral body for experiencing the inner world of the astral and for undertaking journeys through it. And when necessary, the ability to undertake astral journeys therefore involves considerable expansion of one's scope for experience. It brings opportunities for promoting one's own spiritual advancement, which begins with the involution of consciousness. Astral projection is one of the cities considered achievable by yoga practitioners through self-discipline practice. So that is, um, that is how Hinduism uh, sees astral projection. So if you notice, astral projection, there's kind of a common denominator amongst most practices in different regions. Um, Mm -hmm. saying that through meditation, through sleep, through practice over time, you are able to disconnect yourself from, from your body, which is like a, like a vehicle. And your soul is like a separate thing from the vessel that you use to walk this earth. And you're able to separate yourself from that and still travel, um, whenever you want. So then, um, the last one I'm going to talk about, um, is the region of Japan. So in Japanese mythology, in Ikuryo, 
uh, oh, it's Shoro is actually how it's supposed to be pronounced, is a manifestation of the soul of a living person separate, separately from their body. Traditionally, if someone holds a sufficient grudge against another person, it is believed that a part or the whole of their soul can temporarily leave their body and appear before the target of their hate in order to curse or otherwise harm them, similar to an evil eye. Souls are also believed to leave a living body when the body is extremely sick or comatose. Such, such shoryo are not malevolent. Um, oh, and actually, I'm going to read this one, too. Uh, there's the Inuit, which in some Inuit groups, people with special capabilities are said to travel to mythological remote places and report their experiences and things important to their fellows or the entire community, how to stop bad luck in hunting, cure a person that's sick, etc. cetera, um, things that are unavailable to people with normal capabilities. So in the Inuit groups, they believe that only a certain type of person has this ability not everyone could tap into astral projection okay so that so like is people who are just sensitives or pretty i guess yeah i guess people that okay. are psychics or yeah are just sensitives in general um so you could see there are some variations amongst cultures understandably but for the most part there is there is in a general agreement that it is a detachment of the soul from the body and that the that our bodies that we're using right now is just a vessel um our body does not describe like who we are as people like our soul so okay. i think that's very interesting to know so yeah, is, i i'm loving kind of seeing like the it's like with a lot of like other types of like practices and also, I guess, kind of theories and things that there's always the same underlying message and like concept, but little varying details. Definitely, definitely. It makes you, it, we've talked about this with, with cryptids and things like that. Of It's interesting how thing, certain things like this aren't proven, but what are the odds that people from all over the world are experiencing these similarities? And there are eerie similarities with these concepts. I mean, yeah. How can it not be? How can there not be some sort of truth to this? Like, we don't have a full explanation, but this is happening. We can't deny that astral projection isn't happening. It's definitely not a normal phenomenon. It's paranormal for sure. Yeah. Um, it's just unfortunately there isn't enough scientific um, evidence through testing and studies to prove like why this happens. So, um, yeah, so that's why it's kind of seen as like a pseudoscience. So I'm going to okay. go into the benefits of outer body experiences, such as astral projecting and lucid dreaming and things of that such. So the tantrics mastered lucid out of body experience and dream states to overcome the fear of death by learning that we are not our bodies. Um, it's discovered that the physical body can experience deep healing during out of body experiences the mind can be tough on the body. And rather than losing time to practice meditation during sleep, yogis continue working through the night while the body rests. Kind of like what I said with the comparison of you're still charging your phone but using it. Yeah. Um, so some athletes learn lucid dreaming to practice the, visual, the, visual, the visualization of their game. So by working in a dream or out of body, not only do they visualize, they have a felt sense of their practice and can actually acquire the muscle memory for winning habits other fascinating yeah i've never heard of that before like i haven't heard a lot about astral projection but i've heard you know 
a, a, lot, a few things, and that was never one of them. That mm-hmm. would be like the first fun fact I whipped out. Yeah, I, I kind of want to talk about this with some of my clients because I, I never I never knew that you could use out-of-body experiences for that situation. Um, other benefits from the opportunity to explore past lives as well as accelerated personal development. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this on the last episode, but there is like this TikTok video going around that there is a guy that uh, he did kind of like a TED Talk looking thing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, he puts the room into a hypnosis and it's a YouTube video that you can Google search. Um, and, oh, it's called past life regression session, Brian Weiss. And it's about a 36, a 36 minute video. And he puts you into a hypnosis and supposedly by the time you wake up, you're able to find out parts of your past life and can, uh, possibly find out how you died who your children were, who your siblings were, who your mom and dad were, what you looked like, who your past lover looked like. And people get very emotional after the experience because it feels real. Because could it possibly be real? Yeah, maybe. So definitely check that out. It's called Past Life Regression Session, Brian Weiss. I've been wanting to try this. Uh, I just have kind of been a little chicken to do it. But you know what? I'll make a promise to you guys. I'll do it by the time we record next week's episode, and I'll let you guys know if I did it or, like, if I did it, how it worked. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay, so stay tuned, guys. Now you have to listen to next week's episode. So you guys may be like, wow, you just gave me all this information. Now how the fuck do I also project? So I'm going to tell you guys two different ways, uh, two different techniques that I found online that seem to be the most popular. So the first one is called the Monroe Institute Steps. So Bob Monroe, founder of the leading research organization in the field of human consciousness called the Monroe Institute, penned a body of work called Journeys Out of the Body in 1971, in which he provides a detailed outline for how to astrally project oneself in seven steps. So the first step is to relax both physically and mentally. Two, enter a hypnagogic state or like half asleep. Uh, Step three, deepen the state by prioritizing mental sensation over physical sensation. Step four, pay attention to the presence of vibration in your environment, which becomes apparent in a state of deep attention. Step five, incur the vibration in your physical body and relax into its presence. The purpose of this is to gently jiggle the subtle body out of the physical body. Step six, focus your thoughts on leaving the limbs and the torso and try to do so one at a time. And seven, known as lifting out, focus on effortlessly drifting out of your physical body. So that like kind of the last step. That is step seven is lifting out. That is the last step. So then there is a second uh, technique called the astral projection rope technique. And this is six steps. So from the work of Robert Bruce, founder of the astral dynamics movement, the rope technique is a regarded one of the most uh, accessible astral projection methods out there. So step one, of course, relax the physical body by visualizing each muscle. Step two, from your space of relaxation, enter a vibrational state. This should feel like an amplified version of a cell phone's vibration mode pulsations coursing through the body. Step three, imagine a rope hanging above you. 
Step four, use the astral or subtle body. Attempt to hold on to the rope with both hands. The physical body remains completely relaxed at this point. And step five, begin to climb the rope hand over hand while all the while visualizing reaching the ceiling above you. And then step six, once you are aware of your full exit of your physical body, you are then able to explore the astral plane. And is it, is, I have a question real quick. Uh-huh. Is it possible if two people are astral projecting for them to like come across each other? I honestly do not know. I mean, I feel like that's, I, I feel like that's something that people are capable of. I don't see why not. Interesting. I feel like that, I feel like that actually, I feel like that could happen. Yes. But um, if you want to look more into astral projection, there is a YouTube page that I found called Astral HQ, and they talk all about spirituality and like astral projecting and lucid dreaming. And so, if you want to, um, if you want to do more research on your own, and I think that they also have videos where they will help you step by step of astral projecting. It's not like you have to do it yourself. It's more of like mm-hmm. a like guide guided. Uh, astral projection definitely check out that youtube page for more assistance yeah so that is my information on astral projection uh lily you said you had some experience encounter uh astral projection stories for us yes all right let's hear them okie dokes so this one is called i experienced a different earth So, like the title states, I visited a different Earth. This all started because I decided to sleep with three different crystals under my pillow at night. Rose quartz, amethyst, and citrine, if anyone is wondering. I swear I can feel their energy before I fall asleep. Just squishing my brain. What's that about, Dion? (laughs) I said the word asleep and my body was like, asleep? Um... I swear I can feel their energy before I fall asleep, just squishing my brain, and I totally believe they're the catalysts to helping me dreaming my vivid dreams. The reason why I am talking about this world instead of the other worlds I visited is because I crossed a wormhole before I end. Oh, by the way, this is on um, r slash astral projection. Okay. In case y'all are wondering where to find it. I crossed a wormhole before I entered into this world, so I am 100% certain that it was a real world. This wormhole basically was made up of clouds and it surrounded me like I was inside a tornado, but if I looked straight up, I could see the sky. The inside had nothing in it. My body was lying down on my bed and what what I stared at was the blue clouds, and then I started seeing these cherry petals. They looked like cherry petals to me, but I didn't look that closely. Just know that they were definitely red. Falling down, coming at me, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I see a cube. It's a tan cube with gold lines, and and those lines look like they could be decoded. If anyone has seen the doors of Akashic Records, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, um... It almost looked like the lines. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Is Lily about to astral project on just ghouly things? <laughs> Imagine. Point of view, you're me astral projecting while recording a podcast. <laughs> um, 
almost seems like the lines looked like that, but it was a different coding language, if that makes any sense. I wish I could draw on this app because it would be so much easier to show rather than write it out. Anyways, the next thing I saw was this cube merging with another cube, and then those cubes merged to become a bigger cube. These cubes then turned from tan with gold lines to different earth worlds. From nowhere, I heard a voice say, which world do you think is yours? Ooh. Okay. Me, being an idiot, at this time my brain was very conscious, and I could feel that it was me thinking, said, all of them. Good answer. That is a safe um, answer. Right? Can't let anyone down by saying all of them. <laughs> the only reason I say this is because I know that there are other me's in some of those worlds. But because I didn't know what he really meant, like, did he mean the one that this conscious brain is living in or the world where all of the other me's are living in? Then, I wasn't yawning when you were talking, though. Like, I wasn't, like, actively yawning when I was listening to you, and now I have to talk and I'm sleepy. <laughs> what the fuck, brain? Anyways, then I am transferred to, transferred to the basement of my grandma's house. I landed on my butt, and when I looked up, I saw a weird-dressed man who I thought was from this world that I had fallen into, but after some thought, I thought, maybe he isn't. To this day, I am still not quite sure because there were times where I did see other people in that world dressed like him, and then there were times where I saw the people dressed normally like us. Ooh, I wish you could draw on Reddit because I would love to see this person draw the way the people in this world were dressing. That would be cool. I went upstairs and I entered the living room and saw what looked like nerdy young adults playing their Nintendo yeah. Switches. I saw a dude with Animal Crossing <clears throat> and told him that I had the same one in the world where I was at. One thing led to the next. These memories I sadly couldn't remember. It was like it flashed before my eyes. And I ended up in an amusement park connected to a serene feeling park where I saw this beautiful black matte butterfly that glowed blue in the dark. Ooh. Super duper beautiful, and I remember being in awe about it. There was another one that glowed green. Then I looked to my far right where the amusement park was at, and I can hear these people having fun and shooting balls at this hoop that was super high. For some reason, these people could fly. It was either they had the gifts to, or it was some type of suit. I couldn't see clearly, sadly. All I remember is that I had a previous dream shooting at this hoop as well. And I remember that it was a hoop that if they had continued shooting at it, some type of exposure will happen. Exposure of the corrupted ones, like the rich and the evil corrupt people we have that are currently ruling the masses in our world at this time. That world is also going through the same thing, and they seem to be going through an awakening as well. I'm so sorry. They're going through an awakening, and Lily's going through a sleepening. <laughs> That's the line of the episode. <laughs> um, a girl shouted at me and told me it was time for me to go. I remember being bummed out and was like, it's already been two hours. Time flies when you're astral projecting. <laughs> <laughs> this part really surprised me because the dream only felt like it had been 10 minutes. 
there were obviously some events that I couldn't or shouldn't remember. I re God damn it. I ran after her, and I remember feeling this sense of power because I was faster than this other girl that I ran past, and I looked down at their feet, and I realized that they didn't walk the same way we do. Their ankles bent the other way when they walked. Oh. <laughs> right? I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. I asked the girl who somehow during this whole process became my caretaker slash guide. She was of this world and she could communicate with me. She got all defensive and said, you're rude. You've been asking me such rude questions this whole time to which I don't remember at all. But then I get small glimpses of some questions I asked her before. These are memories that I do not remember. I somehow just knew at that moment that I had asked her some very blunt questions beforehand. And then I woke up, and that was it. If anyone has experienced this world before, or has seen the wormhole or the cube like I have, I would very much love to hear from you guys. The end. Ooh, that was interesting. Right? Like, I always imagined astral projection being like a serene kind of learning experience and just kind of observing different worlds and being welcomed but this is like this is like an anime i pictured it as like i felt like astral projecting you're literally like soaring through the stars that's what i always thought but right, this was not like, I, whenever when i say astral projection i picture the seventh step that you read which is ascending out yeah of yeah same Right? Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how, you have two stories, right? Total? Yes. Okay. So, I have one. Um, it's titled, A Short DMT Trip or Astral Projection Experience Seems to Have Been Triggered in My Sleep. Impossible? Question mark. I need help making sense of this. Please read. And this, is, um, this was on Reddit that I found this account. So Let's it's, hear it. I'm ready. I'm excited. It started as a dream. It was very random at first. There was a lot going on, and I don't know how to put most of it into words, but I think it started with me playing some kind of fictional battle royale, and I felt like I was in the game. I was up on a high part of what seemed like a pyramid-like structure, and I remember seeing a player in the distance. I don't remember what he or she looked like, but mostly a silhouette of a person or something, but they were sort of flying toward me, and they were lower than me, and then made a huge leap all the way to me and, quote-unquote, eliminated me. As soon as, yeah, as soon as that happens, I transport from that part of the dream into a new part, this time inside what seemed to be a familiar layout of a restaurant near me, or multiple different ones near me. I'm not sure. Somehow, this restaurant felt like a familiar combination of multiple different ones that I could have been to throughout my childhood. It was very odd. I was working there. This seems to take place sometime in the near future. It seemed like I was being trained on how to use a new piece of tech to scan customers and find out what they want. This device had a screen on it with a camera on the other side that I pointed to the customers, and it had a similar shape akin to a larger size Game Boy. As I looked at the screen, digital squares went around customers and labeled them as different things, almost like VATS on the Pip-Boy from the Fallout series. I don't remember what any of the words said, but it was weird. Anyway, fast forward, and it's the end of my shift. I order some food, weirdly specific, but I get some kind of sandwich with cheese fries on the side. Not that that matters, but here's where it gets real weird. Real fucking weird. 
Out of nowhere, I have a vision. It's a quick flash of a few seconds. I'm walking down a street of mine in the neighborhood, and the sun is setting directly down at the end of the street. I look up at the sky, and it's blatantly psychedelic in nature. I felt like I was on acid as soon as I looked up at the sky. It was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen, with swirls of pink and blue flowing through like an animated painting. I have a very similar picture that I remember the specifically looking like the same style, except in pink and blue and a little more psychedelic squirrels. But for some reason, seeing this in the sky also gave me a panic. It felt like the end times were approaching. I took a picture and kept it in my phone for later reference. Flashback to the, to the restaurant. I leave my shift and it's late at night, a very dark part of town. I walk a short distance before I'm picked up by my sister and her boyfriend and a friend of his. I'll give a little background real quick. My sister's 23 and her boyfriend is 30. He's in a metal band and he's a hefty bearded guy. Even though he would seem on the outside like some douchebag biker, he's the exact opposite. (laughs) Except he does have a motorcycle. He couldn't harm a fly. He's such a nice, positive, warm, and educated guy. And in real life, I trust him as he's been with her for over two years now and he seems like part of the family. I get in the car and and from the back left. My sister's driving, the front passenger seat for some reason is empty, and her boyfriend and his friend are sitting in the back seat. Big dudes, by the way. So I squeeze into the car and shut the door. I ate the sandwich I ordered in the car since I was really hungry, and then offered them the fries. Weirdly, as soon as I put them out in the middle cup holder of the car, the three of them immediately stuck their hands in and devoured them like pigs. I was sort of shocked at what I saw. Not that this is relevant, but I'm kind of just detailing how weird this dream was. Then, next thing I know right after that, my vision goes black. I have a flashback into an alternate reality in which instead of taking a walk to the car from the restaurant, I opened a door on the opposite side of where the entrance exit is and immediately the car was there and I hopped in with the rest of them still in there. Except this time, as soon as I got in the car, my vision went blank again and I became aware of my body laying down in sleep paralysis in real life. I saw an Alex Gray-style skinless entity creep his head over me and then hold me down and pull my mouth open with strength that I could not escape. He had a deep, ominous voice that seemed almost godly in nature. He said something along the lines of, shh, take the DXM or DMT. I'm not sure if he said DXM or DMT, but it felt like DMT because there was one time in college where I attempted to smoke DMT but didn't reach breakthrough and only got lightheaded, numb, and weightless feeling (laughs) and some slight visuals. Now, that one time in college. Now, I had a feeling in the dream that it was actually the boyfriend who did this for some reason. And now I feel like I'm going to have slight paranoia around him, even though I love the guy. But I'm not really worried that he'll do anything because he's such a good guy. Anyway, I'll tell you this. I felt like I was going on a full on DMT trip or something familiar uh, or similar. Not only did I feel sleep paralysis, I felt that grainy head rush and numbness, weightlessness, breathlessness that you get when you begin to dissociate. And somehow it's like I knew when dissociating was already, even though I haven't before. The entity throws a pill in my mouth and closes it, forcing me to swallow. For the strangest reason, even though my body couldn't smile, I felt my spirit higher consciousness crack a confident grin and say, okay, here we go, calmly and accepting the experience. I am shot straight into a trip. It felt like I genuinely got to the breakthrough stage of DMT, even though I hadn't before. And I'm telling you, the reason I'm calling it a trip is because I know the difference between a trip and a lucid dream. I've taken multiple psychedelics. (laughs) Not trying to sound so certain in what the experience actually was, just speculating, but I don't know, man. This was an insane experience that I can't say I would get from a lucid dream. And this was a full-on trip that it felt like a combination of LSD... 
psilocybin and DMT all at once. But it was like the most intense version of it I could ever have, condensed into about 30 seconds. Except it felt like I experienced eternity at the same time. HPPD was in full effect, and I don't even normally get HPPD. Within about a minute and a half's time, it felt like I was... What's HPPD? What? What's HPPD? That's a good question. I think it's like... I guess it's like just some sort of effect. Um, yeah, I'm not. It's like HP. I'm trying to like use context clues with it, but um, I'm assuming it's just like some sort of like effect you have if like you're under the influence of some sort of drug. Um, but without within about half a minute's time, it felt like I was slingshot through multiple higher dimensions, densities, experiencing everything from the creation of the universe to the meaning of why humans are here and why we play a b- bigger role in the bigger picture of things. And it felt like I had an ego dissolution, but after directly coming out and writing this, I don't seem to have the long-lasting effects of an ego death. It was beautiful, but at the same time, it was extremely scary and overwhelming. I felt my heart beating fast. Millions of frames flashed before my eyes. I was convinced that I knew the meaning of everything. I've had a very similar feeling like this before on my last room's trip. It was all laid out right there in front of me. I felt love, hate, pain, and pleasure all at once. I felt a collective of the human experience all at once. I felt like sobbing because it was so beautiful but so scary. But I couldn't. I know I'm repeating myself, but holy fuck, if you had to go through this, or maybe you have gone through this, you would feel the same. And I felt so numb and like a bunch of static while this was happening, like extreme pins and needles. Ooh. So pretty much things in real life have been strange lately before this. The day before I saw a rabbit hop super fast across the street while walking my dogs. I have never seen a rabbit around my neighborhood and it's not even like it had escaped from its new owners. I saw nobody try to get it from the yard it came from. It was just there and then gone. Also, while listening to an artist that had the number 95 in it during the same walk, I noticed that I walked past a house which happened to have the address number 95. I don't know. Lots of strange synchronicities lately leading up to this experience. Makes me wonder if things in my life will actually change for me subconsciously implementing the experience. I'm going to try and try to appreciate what just happened with great value. It felt so real. And that's it. If you got to the end of this, thank you so much for reading. I was hoping people would see this. Help me possibly make sense of what the hell happened and possibly point out some symbolism. Much love to you all. Wow. I don't even know. Do we bother reading other stories after that one? Because that one was really good. It's nuts. And, and it's it's an interesting combination of like, because people do say that astral projection can be uh, can be achieved through taking psychedelics or self-hypnosis. So maybe this guy didn't take a drug, but maybe he did some hypnosis on himself subconsciously that he didn't realize he was doing, and he reached some sort of level of consciousness where he was astral projecting, and the feeling of astral projecting is equivalent to being on a DMT trip or an acid trip. What do you think of this experience? It all makes sense. I I just feel, okay, here's the thing. I feel like this is all kind of adding up, right? Like people say, like, personally, I don't know what it's like to like trip on any kind of drug because the only drugs I take are prescribed to me. (laughs) However, from what I have heard, people do kind of see these other worlds that feel real 
And I feel like if you're already kind of experiencing another world, why not have that world kind of connect to a whole third one? You know what I mean? Okay. I, I kind of get what you're saying. Like, okay, the astral projection and then, like, it feeling like a DMT trip. Like, what, por que no los dos, right? Like <laughs> the taco shell commercials. Like, why not be astral projecting and while you're in that world, you end up tripping on DMT. Huh. It's, it's a world, world tour. It's like kind of like the, it's like your body is reacting to the environment that it's around. And it's similar to if you take those drugs, even if you don't physically take them, it's your body's reaction to taking those drugs is the same effect as if you enter this level of consciousness. Yes. Huh. That is a really trippy thought. Right? Like, but like, I just, I don't know. I, I, if, if you or someone you know has any ideas on like interpreting what I just said, email us at justgoalythinkspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. So Lily, what is your next story? My next story is called my first astral projection experience. I began to feel my soul. This person just jumps right in. And I like it. Okay. I began to feel my soul separating from my body. I've gotten to this point before, but I always chicken out and don't push it over the edge. But this time, I'm really going to do it. The world around me is vibrating. My entire body is aching as I'm trying to yank my soul out of it until finally I am standing over my sleeping body. I look around the room and decide to leave. I walk to the door and walk through it. I see my boyfriend sitting on the couch watching TV. Out of the corner of my eye, I see my cat running around in the hallway. So I float over to her and notice that there is another cat she's playing with, a cat I've never seen before. Both of them look at me, start walking towards me and meow loudly. This goes on for a few minutes until my boyfriend gets up and says, what are you looking at? Nothing again. Silly cat. I chuckle. I can't wait to tell him about that later. I walk into the bathroom and stare at the long, full body length mirror. I am myself. I just have more of a glow, and my eyes are so ice blue they might as well be white. Something whispers in my ear. Walk through the mirror. It'll be fun. I trust the voice. I walk through the mirror and am greeted with a being that isn't human. It looks at me, smiles, and runs through the mirror I just came through. I turn around, scream, and something grabs my arm as I'm trying to run back to my body. I manage to break through and get back through the mirror and back to my bedroom. When I make it back to my sleeping body, my boyfriend is asleep next to me. My cat is curled up at my feet and the creature is standing over my bed. It laughs as it jumps in, and I run after it. Now I am awake, alone, and stuck in my body with something else. The end. Oh. Okay. Right? Like, kind of a cliffhanger. Yeah, and this is what I think is so cool, that, you know, we talk a lot about how we believe that animals can see spirits or another another realm or another side 
Um, yeah. This just proves it. The fact that her cat was able to Even acknowledge. Yeah. And then the fact that there's another cat there, that just proves that animals are able to see past other, like, they're able to see maybe other animals that have passed on. Because who is that the other cat? Bridge. That is so cute. I just love the cat had a little companion. It was probably like, you see this too, right? All right, I'm not bugging. Yeah, okay, cool. You seeing this bitch? <laughs> you seeing this shit right now? What's this bitch doing floating? If I were the boyfriend and I would have been told, yeah, I heard you say this to the cat, mm-hmm. I probably would shit my pants. Because <laughs> there's no other way of explaining how she would have heard that, especially if she was like in a deep sleep. Yeah. Wow, that's a good story too. Oh, all these astral projection stories are so good. Okay. And there's a lot of them, too. So we should definitely do just, like, an astral projection encounter story. Ooh, maybe we can do that for our Patreon exclusive episodes. Yes! Subscribe to our monthly Patreon. Just okay. Think Podcast. Okay. So my last story is titled, My Journey from Astral Projection to Visiting Parallel Realities. Astral projection has been a part of my life since I was nine years old. It's been a close companion, an old friend that's been by my side for the last 40-plus years. In the beginning, it was simply fun and games floating around my room, soaring over oceans, and attempting my first my, to visit my first crush. I never quite succeeded <laughs> at that, but that's another story. As I got older and gained more experience, learning to move with the power of thought, con- contacting my guides, I began to make trips to other worlds and different planes of reality. When I was a child, I used to think that it was the coolest thing to dive toward the ocean, then suddenly pull up. Until I visited a world where there were spherical homes that orbited in its atmosphere like satellites. Or when I flew, with the existence of my guides, to a field in another reality where I said hello to a giant house cat with eyes that projected light. I began to realize that astral projection was more than walking through walls or gliding through the clouds. The possibilities were limitless. But even then, as I began to truly discover what I could do, I could have never imagined my next step. Five years ago, I had an accident that almost cost me my life and now requires that I walk with a cane. It, of course, changed my aspects of my life, but there was one aspect I could never have foreseen, and it all began in the hospital. I'd shut my eyes to try and sleep, but instead of darkness, I'd see images of things. Flashes, really. Rivers, strips of land. Places I'd never seen before. At first, I simply thought it was a side effect of the painkillers they gave me, but after I arrived home and stopped taking the drugs, these glimpses kept happening. It usually occurred early in the morning after I had waken up. I'd shut my eyes, and instead of darkness, I'd be watching cartoons on an ancient-looking television or see legs, both women with high heels and men with suit pants, walking back and forth on a sidewalk from the perspective of a toddler. Honestly, even with my astral projection experiences from the past, I thought I was losing my mind, but thankfully my mother, who is my best friend, assured me that I was still rational and quite sane. At the same, at the time, I thought I might be seeing things from a past life, perhaps as a child. But my mother, in her infinite wisdom, kept telling me not to place limits on these experiences. I needed to keep an open mind. Perhaps I wasn't even scratching the surface. She was right. The glimpses turned into full-blown journeys where I'd feel an incredible acceleration where I shut my eyes, and when the darkness lifted, I was in a parallel reality. Robert Monroe, wink, wink, talked about it in his book on astral projection, and it's called, and called it Locale 3. I named my experiences beyond body because they were different from out-of-body experiences. There is no sense of separation from the physical, and the experience itself is more 3D than astral. 
I've posted these experiences on my YouTube channel called The Astral Plane and Beyond, but I've also posted many videos on astral projection and my suggestions on how to achieve it. I would love if you stopped by. It is a place for those just beginning their journey into astral projection, as well as a place where more experienced travelers can share their tips. Their, I'm sorry, their trips. And even if you don't decide to visit, I'm happy to try and assist you in any way that I can. Sharing my experiences is something I never thought I would be doing, but here I am. My apologies for the long length, but this was my first post, and I wanted to properly introduce myself. I look forward to connecting with you. Take care. And this person that wrote this is titled Astral Plane and Beyond. That's the same as her YouTube name, or his YouTube name. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So I I find this so fascinating how this person was able to go into other worlds, other universes, and see mm-hmm. how other th- beings have lived. That would be amazing. Okay, Rebecca, question time. If you well, if you were astral projecting and you could visit like any universe, any cinematic universe, any you know literary universe, any science fiction universe or any parallel universe what would you pick Mm. now would i be able to would i be able to have special abilities in these universes Uh, any anything you want i definitely want to be in the world of harry potter i like it and i want to be a wizard but not like not like Harry Potter wizard because like that's like so problematic and I don't want that in my life. Like I just want to be like the rest of the wizards that are there, like just trying to get their education and like. Go. Yeah, you don't want a whole like oh the boy who lived bullshit. Someone like, trying to kill me. Yeah. The Dementors. Exactly. I just want to live a unproblematic wizard life. That's fair. What about you? Um. Okay, I'm going to make it sad for a second. Oh, God, okay. I'm going to have to say one where I was, like, this is awful. Um, Actually, no. No, 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 no. Rewind. I was going to say one where I was mentally stable, but... (laughs) But now that I'm thinking about it, I would have to pick, like, a Disney cartoon. And not because I love Disney World. But because, like, life is so fucking easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to be mentally stable or unstable to be in a Disney movie. Exactly. So I guess, like, that that just wouldn't apply. Like, it just everything goes well. Everything just goes in your favor. It's just happy times, happy vibes. Exactly. Like, I mean, think about Snow White, right? Like, she's living in rags. She has a woman who wants her dead just because she's hotter than her. Like... She can like animal. She can talk to animals, but she has to cook and clean in order to have a place to stay. You know, like it's not perfect, but it works out. Yeah, but the thing is, is that there's always a happy ending. That's and where that's I she get that. Gets from. the hot prince. Yeah. Oh, it always ends up working out. Exactly. I think that's it. Like, I just want a world with like happy endings. And, like, I guess there's magic. Yeah, there's magic in, like, the Disney universe, too. So, definitely. But not Pixar. Not the Pixar universe. Because that universe makes... So, like, your exception is, like, Harry Potter universe, but I'm not Harry Potter. Mine is the Disney 
universe, no Pixar. Because Pixar gets me emotional and I don't like to feel. I don't like to feel either. I don't like Up is such a good movie, but will I skip past that part with the with the wife? Fuck yes. Oh my god, I will. the first eight minutes. Do 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 I can't with that little theme song. Dude, I saw that movie in theaters once, never again. <laughs> Trauma. Fucking never again. Trauma. Such a good movie though, it really is. It's a beautiful film, but once is enough for me. I I feel that for sure. Or I like Toy that. Story when Andy goes off to co- college and Woody says, "See you later." Pa- I have goosebumps. I know, and these are this isn't even fucking real people. Like, are you kidding me? I know, I know. Ugh, all the feels. So on that note, that concludes this episode of Just Ghouly Things Astral Projection Edition. the first of a few yeah i think that there's just so much more that we can delve into with this that we like Mm -hmm. just scratch the surface if you guys like this topic i'm assuming you guys did i mean who wouldn't um you know let us know um we're gonna send out all of our social media stuff right now for you guys to follow um so let's get started right lil do you have anything to add before we start with the social medias um hmm Thank you for being such amazing fans. That's what I'm going to say today. Those are my last words. Yeah, you guys are fucking awesome. I was going, okay, so I was at the, the, today was an insane fucking day at the bank. And literally, I was on my lunch break. And I didn't have a lot of time to check my phone. I just glanced at it. And like all of it was DMs from our booth bangs. And I was like, oh my God, we're doing amazing. (laughs) And we, I mean, collectively the community, not like just you and me, but like we, like we, like the Boothang fam. We have an awesome group of listeners. We really do. And I love how we're able to interact with all of you guys as if we've met you all before when I don't think we've met a single one of you except maybe a few through Skype. But yeah, it really does feel like we all like know each other. And that's kind of like, like Rebecca said, like kind of the point of the you know starting the podcast was to have this community yeah oh so cute it's a nice way to end oh great we're having a pixar moment (laughs) fucking a i just 86 pixar god damn it all right so if you want to join our amazing boothang community you can follow us on instagram at just ghouly things podcast follow us on our personal instagrams at rebecca ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. <laughs> oh my I can, my own spit when I was saying my last name. Oh my god, damn it. Say your say your social media again. Lily Baldessari. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Gooly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Gooly Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon to get exclusive content. Okay, and I was thinking also before I dropped the Patreon name. We have some good material in our first Patreon exclusive episode. We really do. There's a lot going on in that first episode, and we're not going to let you know what happens. You just got to subscribe and listen to it for yourself. Yeah, just take it for a test drive. Listen to one. Yeah, you know what? You I mean, can... there's only one right now, but yeah. there will be more. There will be weekly episodes, and for only $8 a month, think of it this way. We're going to be posting four episodes a month on there at least so it's gonna be at like it's gonna be at most two dollars an episode like that's nothing it's really not it's not and you get a chance we're gonna start having giveaways on there we're gonna have additional content with interviews and it's gonna be 
a fucking awesome place to be. So even if you want to try it out for one month, you don't have to subscribe for every month. Just one month. And if you like it, then you can subscribe for the rest of the months. But up to you. Live your truth. Live your extra life. I saw that in a YouTube video. I'm going to start saying it. I like that. All right, anyways, our Patreon is just Google Things Podcast. Oh, yeah, you should probably know that. Um, And then, okay, Patreon. Oh, and if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that you'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Thangs, and we will talk to Boo next week. Goodbye.